White Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you're watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure you tune in. Listening to the Ballroom Network, the following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Steven Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley. And what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Tony Wise. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by my White Sox brother-in-arms, Vinny Parisi and Chris Gonzalez, who lost internet connection and is back just in time for the open of the show. So what's up, gentlemen? Vinny, Gonzo, welcome back. How are you guys doing tonight? Go ahead, Vinny. I'm doing don't good. All, don't, don't all just don't all chop down the fence at once to get going. <laughs> yeah, it's good. The weather's nice. The Sox are playing. Got five in a row against the Kansas City Royals. You don't usually see that too often. But hey, you're gonna play a doubleheader in a four-game series. Make it five. Let's do some work. Yeah, that's let's do some work. Is right. And Gonzo, it's your first time back in quite a while. We're happy to have you. Um, and we'll talk about Tony later on, but, uh, how you feeling? How you been? Honestly, I mean, I've been stressed with my day job, but, uh, honestly, as I got off work, uh, my hype for this show just kept on getting better and better. And I'm glad to be back with the boys. Um, I saw Vinny's, one of Vinny's newer articles in the Blackhawks today, and that got me pretty hyped. Um, seeing some of his work and then just seeing your face, the pre-show Joe, and all of your masterful oh, edits got it. me uh, got it. me very happy with your work uh, from my hard work sending to you. But uh, yeah, there's nothing great like I mean, you saw my uh, uh, put on your socks um, from that that win on Saturday. How hyped I was, and then like just the toss of you know a day really. They just were pathetic yesterday versus Cortez, and it just wipes all that energy away. And now we. Uh, have to you know get excited for this Kansas City series and tonight so far they're they're doing what they got to do to get back on track. They are 
And that's great stuff. And speaking, you, you mentioned about hype. Speaking of hype, we're going to hype up our guest who's here to join us right now. Uh, we have a very special guest tonight, Missy Carroll from Southside Behavior. is going to join us for the entire show. So, gentlemen, join me in welcoming Missy to the show. Missy, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Nah, no problem. We're looking forward to talking some White Sox tonight. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting interesting week, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting's the word I I would rather use right now. Um, yeah, it's stressful. Stressful, I feel like, is a more is a bigger word for me. Um, just the back and forth. Uh, just like, um, like he was saying, you know, we had that hyped up win on Saturday and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we just needed a two days and then now just trying to pick it back up after the loss back to the Royals. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to that, back to the Royals, which I think is always a recipe for success, but at the top of the show, we usually have kind of our, uh, our talking points and, uh, I think one of the hot topics to start the day, and as, as everyone that saw follows us on Twitter and, and Missy as well, we've been talking about this lineup from Tony LaRusso. We're going to dive into Tony's decision-making later. But Vinny, uh, Tony put Andrew Vaughn in the nine spot today. And um, sure enough, this happens uh, at the beginning of the game. Andrew Vaughn hits it skyward into right center field. Isbell makes the catch. There is no throw. Adam Engel creates a run, and the Sox have a one-nothing lead. So, opening opening conversation point. We don't have to talk about Tony's decision making here. We'll dive into that in another segment. But Andrew Vaughn uh, generating the first run in the ninth spot. I mean. I don't know if any of us saw it coming other than Gonzo and Vinny, you're shaking your head over there. I'll let you respond. Yeah. I mean, that's why I want Vaughn higher in the lineup because when there's a runner on third, he comes through, he does what he needs to do. He's one of the best bats on the team and he has more opportunity with less than two outs and runners on third when he's batting higher in the lineup. Adam Engel's not on third every single time he, you know, the guys <laughs> hitting ahead of him are not, doing all that well they're doing well enough to be like considered decent nine hitters on most teams leary's been good lately uh adam angle's been okay from time to time he's he's got a lot of more power than people probably realize but i want andrew vaughn getting extra at bats every single game so yeah that was nice i'm happy it worked out I, obviously it's not one of those things where i like root for things to fail but you know i need vaughn higher in the lineup i want him getting more at bats every single game and so far this season He's probably been their second best hitter, maybe third. It's a debate between him, Robert, and Anderson. And he doesn't even play every day. I know. It's and crazy. Exactly. You would never see DJ LeMahieu or Anthony Rizzo batting ninth on the New York Yankees. That's kind of where I'm I, at. With it's, a valid, it's a valid point. Um, Andrew Vaughn. We just we wanted to see more of him, but uh, I, don't, I don't think the nine spots where I want to see him. But anyway. I wanted to briefly touch on it at the top of the show. Gonzo, you'll get a chance to talk about it again later uh, when we got dive into that certain segment about that certain manager on a certain team that we like to follow. But uh, second thing I want to talk about tonight, Johnny Cueto making his White Sox debut. Um, so far, looks like he's cruising through the Royals lineup. I'm sure that's probably a bit of a, a jinxing statement. As you saw last week, I jinxed it because the Sox were winning that game against uh, 
the Yankees or who who were they playing in that game last week? The Guardians. Um, the Guardians. That's that game where they gave up the massive amount of runs in the ninth. Like Missy, I literally said last week. I said uh, we have an eight, whatever it was a what was it, a nine to eight to two lead going into the ninth. Yeah. You ended the show by like, saying enjoy the Sox win. No. Yeah. No. Yep. That's what that's you know what that's what we get. That's what we get. We can't have nice things like that where we can't we can't be sure about anything ever sometimes. I mean, I was lucky enough to do an edit the next morning for our put on your socks where I, I did that with the credits and then I did the curb your enthusiasm music, you know. <laughs> so well, I mean I got some good content what it out of it. Like for people who went to bed too. Like you there were so many people who were like, I went to bed thinking like we're fine. I'm like, no, you can't you no, you, you can't be relaxed like that, I guess, with this team sometimes, you know? What'd you say yeah, I think team? that's I think that's what we wish we could all have is a little relaxation with this White Sox team. Yeah. So I'm not going to jinx yeah. anything. But Johnny Cueto, you know, so far so good. Uh, you know, Gonzo, what are you looking for out of Johnny Cueto uh, with this team? Because obviously right now he's being our five starter. But uh, this is a guy that's a seasoned vet. But again, there's a reason he was a free agent. Uh, can he do some good things for us? I mean, usually with his age at this point of his career, you know, the efficiency is what I was kind of worried about. What was he, how efficient was he going to be at the pro level here? Um, and that's something we're going to have to find out here. I mean, yeah, he's going up against the Kansas City Royals who are struggling. So hopefully with the how much use we've had out of this bullpen, hopefully this is a guy with this veteran experience that can just, you know, get deep into this ball game, go through the lineup two times, hopefully, and uh, get deep into the game. Um, and we're going to need as much as that as possible until uh, Lance Lynn comes back. And uh, with, you know, without knowing how Keiko is going to do here, you know, the good and bad with Keiko and the bouncing back, same with, Van, you know, Vince Velasquez. You're just, the Sox are going to have to battle here with their uh, rotation, and I'd rather see Cueto up than Jimmy Lambert, that's for sure. Um, well, I think so we I'm, might see I'm Jimmy really... Lambert tomorrow. <laughs> I do. <sighs> I, you, I know. Do you think, Vinny, um, do you think we're going to see Jimmy Lambert tomorrow? I wouldn't be surprised if we get Cease and Giolito, we're being honest with each other. Yeah, I'm coming back to that That's later. what I want. Sure, I want honesty. I, I only I, want I, honesty from you, Vinny. I honestly hope that's the case, too, speaking of honesty. Um, if Giolito's cleared to play, I don't see the point in running a spot starter and cease. Like, that just makes no sense in my brain. I would run Giolito and cease, and then one of the two will get an extra day of rest in their next turn. That's how I would there do it. If I were the but there are a lot of things I would yeah. do differently. I think that's what's going well, to happen. Good... But it all depends on, uh, you know, how Giolito's feeling, how he's going to bounce back, of however COVID is going to affect him, because with I, each, yeah. each person, it's just going to vary. I think we would all be happy to see Giolito take the mound tomorrow. Uh, let's be honest. We want to take five out of five. We really do. We need to. And, At least four out of five. And I want to see him twice this week versus Yankees too. So, Yeah, well, I don't want to see them again. We'll talk about that again later. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the last the last talking point before we get into our segmented portion of the show is uh, the the lack of offense. This, this team can't get the bats going. Um a lot of people are pointing fingers at Frank Medicino. They're pointing fingers at Tony Larusa. Uh, they're pointing fingers at the players' preparation. Uh, Missy, from you watching this team, just like we all are, um, what what do you see from these guys? The reason why they're just so darn ice cold. Uh, did you see them turning it around? Do you think it's the hitting coach? I'm uh, just curious your thoughts on what's going on with the bats. 
Honestly, I always, I, I'm one of those people that is like, it's not one specific thing. I definitely think there's something in every, um, there's something off in a lot of areas is how I always feel about stuff with this team. I feel like, um, or a lot of us are like quick to, you know, blame LaRusso on a lot of stuff when if you kind of step back, it's like something, I, I feel like there's a couple other um, working parts that could have been better. And uh, for hitting, I honestly feel like it's a combination of three. I feel like there's something not clicking with them because I've never, I don't just, whenever I see them up to bat, it's just, there's no confidence seen. Like, I just don't see the confidence that I feel like I, um, that we should be seeing with them. I don't know if it's mental, like uh, um, if there's anything mentally going on with them as far as, um, I don't know. I remember like kind of earlier in the season, they were saying they were kind of, uh, I don't know if that, that was something in passing. I just remember uh, uh, their hitting coach saying something was going on, but I, I can never pin it on one specific thing, but yeah. I, it's just like disappointing to see, but I have no doubt that the bats will heat up soon. I just feel like they're going through some sort of phase right now. But every time I were in something like this, like in kind of a phase, like especially like what we went through with, with the Yankees, I always tell myself, I'm like, just something's off. This is not the team that they have the talent. Just something's not um, something that just isn't working behind the scenes and they need to fix that. So I don't doubt that offense is going to pick up. I have a strong feeling offense is going to start picking up, but um I just think there's something that needs to be dealt with. And I, I'm not sure where it's coming from though. It could be a mul yeah. multiple things. Yeah. It's been, it's been a disappointing, especially the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, Vinny, do, do you think there's any merit to Frank Menachino getting the ax here? I just don't know what people think Frank Menachino does to make the guys like suck at hitting. I, I just don't. <laughs> um, I don't know what they think hiring a new hitting coach would do when Nestor Cortez and Garrett Cole are the two people shutting them down in a series. That's going to happen. I hate I hate to burst your bubble, but like good pitchers are going to dominate the White Sox every now and then. And right now, the New York Yankees are better than the Chicago White Sox. They're hotter. They're playing better baseball. And they have lineup continuity every single night. You know what the top four are going to be in their lineup every single night. And those all those guys are producing right now. Jose Abreu is not hitting well. Yasmani Grandal, up until tonight, not hitting well. Eloy's out of the lineup. Moncada's looking good. Tim Anderson's looking good. So is Luis Robert. Outside of those three, and Andrew Vaughn, outside of those four, that's half a lineup. You need the other guys to come up. If Grandal, Abreu, and Jimenez all start to play to their potential and be healthy, we know what this lineup can do. And the oh, White yeah. Sox have Giolito, mm -hmm. Cease, you know, Lynn, Kopech. Kopech had a great game outside of one inning. And Cease... Cease had the weirdest stat line in the history of stat lines. He had a good and yeah, a bad 11 game. 11 Ks, right? 11 Ks, six earned. I, I mean, and it's and he only went four innings. So he he tied the MLB record for most strikeouts through four innings. And he had a bad – like, the Yankees took advantage of their contact. That That's basically what the point is. But out, outside of that, even Cease had his stuff going. The Yankees just overpowered him for a couple innings there. So, you know, the White Sox pitching will figure itself out. That'll match the hitting. I, I'm really not 
I'm not to the point of concern yet. The Yankees are better than them right now. They're white hot. What are they? Twenty two and eight. Twenty five and eight. They're they're ridiculous. Yeah. And before that, the Guardians and the Red Sox looked kind of pedestrian against the White Sox. The White Sox were hitting. They were pitching well. Cease had that game where he had 11 strikeouts, looked like the next, I don't know, whoever you want to name an all-time great pitcher. I mean, Chris Sale. It's just, <laughs> it'll, it's all going to come together. They got they got five in a row against the Royals coming up here and then another three with the Yankees. Got to got to do your business against the Royals. Need that bat. Got to do some tune-up, tune yeah. baby. Tune-up. Yeah. Tune-up time. Yeah. That's that's what I like to see. So yeah, I, I I'm with you, Vinny. I think it's a little too early to pull the fire Frank Manichino card, uh, especially when a lot of these guys are born hitters. I just don't think Jose Abreu is going to be this shitty all year. I'd be shocked to see that happen. So, with that said, let's move into the soap. Gonzo dropped off internet. That's all right. We know he'll be back with us at some point in the near to distant future. But for now, uh, we're going to hop into the segmented portion of the show. And, and Vinny, we're going to talk about our buddy Tony LaRussa in a segment that we like to call, Vinny, what do we call it? LaRussa's Locker. Ah, uh, yes, Tony LaRussa. The bane of our existence sometimes, and uh, our other our other co-host who dropped off internet will be back to defend him mercilessly. But <laughs> I think the three of us the three of us are pretty much aligned for the most part. But uh, Missy, we'll let we'll let you start because All I know right. Vinny's going to have an interesting review. But you know how how are you viewing Tony La Russa, especially in the last week of baseball? Oh man, well. Thanks for asking. Uh, you know, Tony LaRusso. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I think my thing, my thing, especially with this team and the approach I try to take with baseball in general is to kind of stay lighthearted about everything because it, it can be so frustrating to the point where it, it ruins how you look at baseball. So when I talk about Tony LaRusso, I'm not gonna lie. I, think I'm so frustrated with him that I joke about this man 24 seven instead of insulting him now, because I'm just like, sometimes he'll say stuff and I'm just like, yeah, just Tony being Tony doing, just doing his old little, uh, his little old senile stuff. Um, but I will say, I will go on the defending Larusa train as sometimes I get what Larusa is trying to do if I, I even if I don't agree with it I sometimes see where he's coming from so um as far as the last series with the Yankees uh not not I, all I could do was kind of laugh I felt like I was laughing a lot like I said I was so frustrated to the point of laughing oh my god that's my favorite video of him <laughs> <laughs> the um, best the the Tony Larusa run. There's nothing better than the Tony Larusa run. He keeps his arms like right here, and he does a little shoulder. I love it. Um, but he, so like I do see where he comes from. I get it. I'll give him that. Oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, this past week, it's just. It's just like shaking my head type stuff where I just have to laugh about some of the stuff I see him do because it's just I don't agree with it. Um, 
even going down to today when we were talking about Vaughn, I was like, I just don't, I, I, I get, I get where his explanation, but I just don't, I, I don't agree with it. I think that's still just a silly move. Larusa as a person though, I think he is a funny character and he doesn't try to be. <laughs> that's my take on him. I, I, I would agree. He's, he's a character. I mean, he looks like he's taking a nap half the time. I think that's oh kind of half the fun. But uh, yeah. but Vinny, before before we let Gonzo uh, defend Tony, uh, I got to get your scathing review because I I I've, I've heard and read some of your articles. Uh, I just need to hear more. So hit us with it. Yeah, I mean Tony Larusa, it hasn't been a good start to the season, and he he didn't have a good start to last season either. Either, and then it came around. So it's not like I'm out here like chanting. Fi- I've never once said, although I have an article coming out on guys who would do better tomorrow. But um, outside of that, I've never really like said fire to like, I've just been done with them for like a couple weeks now. It really kind of started. It really started for me last week against the Yankees on Thursday when Cease had that game with 11 strikeouts and the bases were loaded and Giancarlo Stanton came up and he brought in Tanner Banks, a lefty to face Giancarlo Stanton. One of the greatest right handed hitters. Of the, yeah. One of the greatest right handed hitters of the last 30 years. And the game was still very much winnable because Johan Moncada tied the game. And then uh, and right after that was Josh Donaldson, another one of the best righties of the last 30 years. Hits a two run bomb. It's just one of those things that I just couldn't understand. And then to me, batting Andrew Vaughn ninth is asinine. I'm sorry. I understand the logic, kind of like what Missy said, understand the logic of some of the stuff he does. I just don't agree with it. Andrew, second leadoff man is very much a thing. I played baseball all the way through college. I understand the concept of a second leadoff man, but guess what? Andrew Vaughn's not even a first leadoff man. He is a power hitting middle of the order guy. And that's where he should be. The lowest he should be hitting on this team, healthy or not, is seventh. And even then, I think that's too low. I'd be batting him fourth these days with the way Abreu and Grandal have been hitting. I'd slide them down a little bit, let them get hot, and then maybe push him back up in the middle of the summer. But just batting Vaughn ninth, he'll get one less at bat in almost every game he plays than the rest of the guys in the lineup. I mean, you just look at the statistics. Um, I follow a guy on Twitter, and I've actually had him on as a guest before, Neil Simborski. Um, yeah. he's actually a very, very good, uh, analytics guy from Fangraphs, And I, I don't fully trust analytics. I don't fully trust the eye test. I use both as tools. Um, he said that d- depending on the lineup and whether or not it's the statistically good one or not, is only the difference of a couple runs each year total. But I think it could be the, a big difference between big wins and big losses. And that's kind of what he tweeted at somebody asking him about the statistics behind Vaughn batting ninth today. Andrew Vaughn, as you saw, yes, today batting ninth, he had the opportunity with Angle on third, no outs. Angle's not always going to hit a triple when Vaughn's batting ninth. That's just not always going to be the case. You know who's more likely to be on second or third when Vaughn comes to bat if he's in the middle of the order? Anderson. Tim Anderson. Mankata. Robert. I mean, how often does Tim Anderson get a hit these days? Wow, it seems like this guy. If you ever get on your sports books, Tim Anderson and Robert at 0.5 hits, parlay them to each get a hit, free money almost every single game. It's weird. Yeah. It's honestly yeah. weird. I've hit on it like five times already this season. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't like I also don't like the idea of not having lineup continuity. 
you look at the New York Yankees lineup and it was basically the same every single day. I think Anthony Rizzo had Sunday off or Friday, but it was Friday. Cause I was there and I was yeah. like, my, my wife wanted to see him. And then, you know, of course he didn't play. Yeah. But for the most part, it's always LeMahieu judge Stanton Rizzo or, or LeMahieu judge Rizzo Stanton. And those top four, they're their four best hitters. They're at the top of the lineup. They earned it. They stay there. Someone gets hot. They'll move them up, but you know they always got their defensive-minded catcher playing. They got two pretty good defensive-minded catchers, but I'm not going to only talk about the Yankees. I just like what they do with their lineup, and you would never see like a Lemayhew. Well, Lemayhew's a good leadoff guy, so I guess maybe, but you would never see Judge bat ninth just because for any other reason other than he's the guy who can hit home runs and drive people in. And I see that from Andrew Vaughn, obviously. Yeah. He's not the game breaker that Aaron judges yet. We'll see. But I see Andrew Vaughn as a very, very good player. Am I okay with the nine hitter being better than the seven and eight hitter? Yes, I am. Yeah. I used to like when Joe Madden would bat the pitcher eighth and a position player ninth. I used to like that. I understand the idea of the second. I just don't think that's Andrew Vaughn. If you told me they did it with, I don't know. Who's who's a good player that probably could bat higher than Berger, for example? I think Berger's power really kind of fell off. So if they kept him ninth, I'd be cool with it. But Andrew Vaughn, to me, he has the potential to be like a star hitter in this league. I'm I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Now we'll pass it over before we wrap up this segment to the guy that is choking on Larusa's chode, and that's Gonzo. Gonzo, <laughs> tell us all about it. I just understand the the game of baseball and what is common between <laughs> I, last I love season... how your first line the first line you like shit all over me. So <laughs> go ahead. All right. What's common between this year and last year? And that is what Tony Tony has to deal with with there's no continuity of our core because due to health. And to begin the season like that, he's going to have to give guys roles that they haven't had before decide what you can do with the lineup, the roster that he's given and doing so with like what, I don't know how much of maybe a half of, tri- you know, or a quarter of triple A he had last year, Sox won 90 games plus 90 games. This yeah, year, same things have same thing is happening. We start off the season with injuries and again, our offensive core, Eloy has been gone. We missed stretches of Johan. Like we, that's something that the Yankees didn't have to face this year. That the Sox had to face them with is we haven't gone up toe to toe with our best hitters and pitchers with theirs. They're not going to face Velasquez and Keuchel in in August September. So to go with what Vinny was saying. You have to deal with the situation here. The best bets, the bet, the best bets right now, Timmy, Robert, Johan, and Johan's only been back for two games, and it looks like he's on load management, which is another term that Tony has to deal with is load management, um, and then also Vaughn. Now, what Vinny didn't bring up here was Vaughn was just brought up from injury. He's not the best bet at this moment. Before injury, yes, he was up there. Also, he was up there because, yeah, Tony didn't move him up in the three-hole, and he was getting criticized for that, and he had a big bang in that 
stretch of a slump that we had, you know, skepticism of him around. And quite frankly, you know, when you have a bet like Vaughn's, you're going to put him ninth because, all right, Timmy, he's going to be betting leadoff. Your highest bet is going to be betting where he should be. Luis Robert, another prolific bet, is going to be betting second because he gets the most at-bats in the season that he's, he's going to continue to need betting, you know, at-bats. So, where you, you know, who else are you going to put at the bottom of the lineup that could bring that continuity to it? You're going to put Andrew Vaughn there at ninth, also for the it, reason man. that he's I... coming back from injury. You have to build that confidence over again. And, again, it's load management for him for the rest of his season to bring that confidence up. Because, yes, Vaughn will be Dude. brought back into the lineup to the middle of the lineup. You guys know Tony knows that. And you guys will see that later in the season. But at this moment, when you need continuity, this is quite the way to do it, um, putting a bat like Vaughn's ninth. Because from top to bottom, this lineup looks pretty damn good for tonight. And it's because of Vaughn being ninth. Gonzo, I I totally get what you're saying. I just just can't. I just can't. First off, your 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 bit about about him, you know, coming back from injury and whatever. He was just raking. He's just raking coming back from injury, so it's not like he wasn't gone all that long. His hands fine. Um, I don't know. I we, I don't think we have he's, to like. So he's raking down in AAA. That's not the pro level. But it's he's still to getting get him. quality of bats. He was raking down it's, in AAA, and well, then Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez shut him down. But the, so triple up, you know, triple A is not the pro level. He's not the game that confidence back at the pro level with his at bats. Missy, what, what do you what do you think? God, I think so much stuff. When I the the one th- the funny thing I always talk about on Southside Behavior is I'm like no hot takes, no giving our takes. Okay, like because um, I don't want to upset anyone. But my personal my personal thing is I. At the end of the day, I think Vaughn should be batting higher than ninth. I get like like Vinny was saying, yeah, he was he he came back and he just the whole series with the Yankees, like if we're gonna go to that, like as far as the Russo and everything, like just the Yankees were better. I feel like um I feel like having um judging all of our guys off of how they hit during that series with the Yankees is kind of like that whole series I feel like we shouldn't be reminiscing too much on because we don't have our best hitters against their best hitters or their best our best pitchers against their best hitters and stuff like that. So um to make any move moves like with Vaughn based off of like anything but what he's done consistently throughout the season, not just the past couple games, I feel like I just think it. I think it's a bad. Ugh, I don't know how to put it. Sorry. Sometimes I, oh, I, I get like I, I get a lot of thoughts at once because I see like every side of like what you guys are arguing. Sure. Yeah. But, no, I, and yeah. And I think you know with with Tony, and and I think we'll we'll leave it at this. But I, I think we all can agree. Thing. All right. All right. That's fine. But uh, let me let me talk. <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree that we want Andrew Vaughn in the lineup, right? Tony has not played Andrew Vaughn enough this season. I think we could all agree on that. 
So if I had to choose from Andrew Vaughn being in the lineup, batting ninth, or him not in the lineup, I'll definitely take him at nine as opposed to not playing. Yeah. But I just don't like him at the bottom of the lineup. Gonzo, say your last piece, and then we're going to move on. Well, again, like, for me, it's about continuity. And I've been on, don't get me wrong, I've been on the Andrew Vaughn train since last June when he hit that opposite field home run off Chapman. And you guys know I've been on the Vaughn train. Uh, no one both no one, both no one Vaughn and Cease. But, like, and I told, again, a couple of minutes ago, I said he's going to be up in the middle of the lineup. But when you're trying to get continuity in this lineup coming once guys are getting healthy, it's not a bad way to start him ninth. That way the lineup from one to nine is pretty deep. Now, again, you're going to have Abreu for Grandel fifth. Abreu does well in, in Kauffman Stadium. Grandel does too. And again, tonight, what does Grandel do? Hit a two-run bomb. Now, if you don't want to believe it from my voice and the meaning of continuity, take it from Scott Pitsenik because he was talking about it all last night on NBC Sports Chicago after the game. So go back and listen to him talk about continuity, and then you can come back and listen to me talk about why I can understand why Andrew Vaughn's bang ninth and why it does make sense at this point in the stage of the season, 30 games into the season, when there's two-thirds of the season to come, and there's going to be a lot of bouncing forth with the lineup because Tony's going to figure out what he likes best going into the stretch of the season. There you go, man. Nice way to sum it all up, Gonzo. I appreciate that. And before we dive into our next segment, I just want to point out, guys, I'm going to take Gonzo off of the screen. We're all going to be together now. Here we go. Uh, Johnny Cueto, five and a third so far with only one, I'm sorry, two hits and uh, six strikeouts. He has only thrown 62 pitches, guys, so far through five and a third. So I just want to point that out. (laughs) I'm looking, which going back to we were talking about how I have a lag, I'm like, I'm like kind of also like looking at the TV over here watching it. Months I'm, I'm on 60 pitches. I still haven't even gotten that far into the game. But um yeah, if I seem distracted, I'm also trying to watch over here. No, but I think right. I think it's hopeful. Um I always like when we um when we're starting to get uh as people back from uh like Charlotte and stuff and people back from being injured and then also now Cueto starting, I'm like, it just makes me more excited going further into the summer, what it's going to look like. Because what we look at the team right now, I feel like in two weeks, we might have a drastically different. I might drastically I think that's a great idea. point. I think this team's yeah. going to look a lot different in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, Eloy's close mm-hmm. from what I understand as he's getting close. Vinny, you might know more ear to the ground on that than I do. But I mean, he took BP the other day. He can't be that far off, right? Yeah, I'm expecting – I don't believe Hector Gomez. I just don't. Um, he's been wrong about pretty much anything White Sox – the only thing he got right White Sox related was Eloy signing the extension before the season started in 2019. He did nail that. But pretty much anything White Sox related since then, and that's three years ago now, has been wrong. And I've DM'd with Hector before. I have great respect for him and what he does with his – um work but i don't see eloy being back a week from today i will come on this show and admit i was wrong if he is but i do think that that report combined with the fact that he's taken some bp at guaranteed rayfield before the last home series against the new york yankees eloy will not take too long it's certainly not a repeat of last year that's that's the good news here 
And when I think of lineup continuity, I think of each guy batting in the same spot every single game. They don't get that without Eloy coming back and being healthy for the most part. So hopefully it comes yeah. back as soon as possible. I think we can all agree that we want Eloy back as, as soon as humanly possible. As healthily possible, I might add. Uh, we've got a couple great questions in the chat we'll address before we move on. But uh, John has asked us, has any pitcher gotten into the six with this few pitches this season? I don't think another White Sox starter has been this low on pitch count uh, into the sixth inning. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'd have to look it up, but I, I'd be shocked if anyone had this few pitches this far in the season. The only thing that Maybe. comes to mind that might have came close was the Giolito seven-inning game. I was going to say define few pitches because quality pitch counts sees the twice to seven and Giolito that once. So yeah, yeah. three yeah. performances by two solid pitchers. You know, this season alone. And also, you those guys are pitching against better teams than the Royals, but that's all right. Uh, either way, good stuff coming out of Johnny Cueto. I do want to address this question from Travis. Do we look at getting a pitcher at the deadline if we're serious about winning? Uh, the resounding answer from me is yes. Uh, do we have the same answer across the board here? Vinny? I would say maybe. I know that's like a, a way to a cop out, but if Cueto pitches well and he's their number five, and or if if Keuchel, Cueto, and Velasquez combine for bullpen slash fifth starter, rotate them in and out, and then you run Giolito, Cease, Kopech, Lynn. I I would ride with those four in the playoffs. I would rival it with any team in the American League when they're on. I can't think of a team that has a one through four quite that dominant at their best. Of course, those guys are capable of getting shelled. We saw it in the playoffs against the Astros. But like when it comes to what we know as their best, I'm not sure there's a big four as good as that in baseball or in the American League. So I'd be cool if they got another guy, but I'm not sure it's the top priority. I would address second base as soon as possible. That was going to be my next question. You perfectly queued it up. I was going to ask Missy, does this team need a second baseman more than a pitcher? I was just about to say, I completely agree with Vinny. I think pitching, I don't think it's absolutely necessary to be going that route. I'd rather do second base too. Um, like you said, the I, I think our pitching is for playoffs at the end of the day will be good. I think um, we'll have a good four. And then, yeah, seeing how Cueto's doing, like it's hopeful. Obviously, it's just the first game, but um, I would more, I would address other things than pitching right now I think our we have our moments we have our games we're pitching we're we're questioning the bullpen a lot but I think overall I've I've personally liked what I've seen with pitching um so I would turn the attention somewhere else and pro- yeah probably second base yeah and I want to say something about that comment from Travis but they have to be at their best every team in baseball needs their pitchers to be at their best to win the World Series. And the White Sox are capable of seeing that. We'll just see if they do. But, like, the Dodgers pitchers weren't at their best in the playoffs any year except one. Same thing with Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay kind of got screwed by their dumb manager in the World Series in 2020. But, um, you know, every player, you need your best players to be your best players in the postseason. If they're not that, then you won't win. That goes for everyone, mm-hmm. not just the White Sox. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still yeah, going that's a with good point. I'm still going with another pitcher. So it'd be solid to have a 
the rotation of one through five, eating up innings, going late into the season. And that's just a bigger, you know, you know, headache for Tony to decide who's, you know, what rotation is going to go with into the postseason. But at least he, he will save his bullpen innings with, you know, rotation of five eating up innings throughout the season. Um, but also you can't forget that Berger is down there in AAA that can come up to play second base. And I feel uh, bad for the bad. kid. I feel bad for the kid because that's a dude that had great exit velocity on his bat and he was nailing the baseballs. But with the dead ball and the cold, it affected his stats and they sent him down. So it just spoiler, that's a guy spoiler who should be here. Spoiler alert, Gonzo is we had uh, jo- or Jake's girlfriend Ashlyn Carmella on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, she since reached out to me said that her and Jake want to come on the show together. So that's going to be exciting. Looking forward to that in the near I future. Hopefully, him. while he's on the White Sox. <laughs> so yeah, there's no doubt about that, Joe. Hopefully, whatever trade they do make doesn't end up to be a dud like a couple of the clowns we're going to talk about in this next segment called Adam Dud of the Week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Ah, yes. That's the, the wonderful sounds of us thinking of players that totally sucked balls this week, and there's been a few of them. Uh, we've got a handful to choose from. Um, I don't see why we shouldn't let our guest lead off with her choice here. So, oh God, Missy, why don't you <laughs> lead the way with a player that you think pooped the bed this week? Jesus Christ! Right? Even being, <laughs> this is this is probably the worst series for me to comment on because I was I was like in and out of watching this series, and the one game I did watch, I got to watch the full game was. The game we really uh, uh what I'll do I'll just go with that one Joe Kelly um Joe Kelly really kind of messed this up um in the uh for it was the first game of the series against the Yankees wasn't it yeah yeah um I'm getting my days mixed up now but yeah and I just <laughs> it was I have his wonderful stat line is listed below you right now. Oh, Look at no, that see, it was it, it's so heartbreaking because I think it was literally two days before when he started with the Guardians. I was like, I saw him. I was like, God, this team is so good and smart and sexy. I love this team so much. And then <laughs> he came out against the Yankees. And I I honestly it, it just it left a bad taste in my mouth for him. For the for a while now, it's probably gonna still be like that for a while. But if I had to choose someone, he was the one I actually in real time was watching and just just shaking my head the whole time at it. So yeah. definitely a rough week for Joe yeah. Kelly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> but I mean, you can't even say week. He had a one rough day because he didn't get any. Other I know, I know. We're where I get to. That's the other thing is I feel like a lot of times whenever you talk about anyone. Um, you're just we base it on one game that I, I I've been trying not to do that so often as I've been getting my uh getting let down game by game and I'm trying not to do that so well, I'll Kelly give Joe a good Kelly's choice redemption. I'll give I'll, I'll let him bad of an, <laughs> yeah but you made a good choice he's about as bad of an appearance as you could have so uh yeah. good choice there with your Adam Dud of the week 
Yeah. Uh, Gonzo, who do you have for this week's dud of the week? So I also have Joe Kelly, like what Missy just talked about. Um, I was expecting a lot from him coming off of his injury. Um, and believe me, I, I believe he'll get better as the season goes along. Uh, what I did see out of his performances was the movement, his pitches did look good. That mm-hmm. is definitely something that I at least am optimistic about because I didn't expect that movement to be as good as it was um, that he had. It was just the control for him that got the best out of him. And when you don't have your control versus a lineup like the Yankees with the bats that they have, they're going to barrel you up and uh, they're going to blow close games that you come in right off of injury from. Um, for sure. But, yeah, um, Joe Kelly. Um, awesome, Gonzo. Appreciate it, my man. Day. Yeah. All right, bud. Uh, good choice, obviously. But, Vinny, I, I know there's a lot of crappy performances this week. Who you got? I want to make Missy and Gonzo feel better about their pick of Joe Kelly. Because there's something that I noticed that really caught me off guard. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I think Major League umpiring is complete dog crap. And these guys have just been as inconsistent now as they've been. Because it used to not bother me because I don't think it used to be this bad. Right now, we're going through an era where Major League pitching or Major League umpiring is just not bad. On Thursday night, um, Joe, you can pull it up now. On Thursday night, Joe Kelly got himself to two outs. And I just sent this chart to Joe just now to get it on the screen. This is Joe Kelly's fourth batter of the game. He walked the batter before. So there was a runner on first, two outs. He threw strike three twice to Glaber Torres. You see pitch five and you see pitch six. The rule of baseball is that all the ba- all the all that has to happen is part of the baseball has to pass home plate through the strike zone. Just part of the ball, not the whole ball. And as you could see, five and six both nick the strike zone at the bottom, and both were called balls. Joe Kelly was specifically not happy about number six. Five could go either way, I understand, but by definition, five was a strike. If there were electronic umpires, he would have been rung up on five. And that he unraveled because of one bad call. Joe Kelly, you need to not unravel when you get one bad call. When you get a bad call that forces a walk instead of a strikeout to end the inning, and the whole putting in Tanner Banks versus Stanton, would it, that, none of that would have ever happened if there wouldn't have been some bad umpiring on that at bat. And Joe Kelly, as Gonzo pointed out, his stuff was nasty. All those pitches, he got strike three. It should have been called. You can't unravel after that, though. That's where I'm, not, I'm still placing blame on Joe Kelly for his bad week because you see guys like Liam Hendricks. If Liam Hendricks walks a guy, what does he do? He fires right back, right down the middle, throwing the heat again. Joe Kelly unraveled. Yep. We'll see if he's able to bounce back from that. Um, just because, so I don't want to become the third straight person to pick Joe Kelly. I'll roll with Jose Abreu. I would have said Grandal, but he had a home run tonight, so he's in my good graces as of this point. Jose Abreu, one for 20, uh, 0.5 batting, 0.05 batting average. No RBIs, four strikeouts. Listen, April Jose was only good once in his life. It was his rookie season. Run rookie of the month for <laughs> rookie of the month april 2014 i want to say it was um i think he set a white Sox franchise record that month for most home runs by a single player in a month from a rookie um since then april's not been that good may colder in chicago than usual this year just starting to heat up within the last week or so not an excuse because it's going to be cold in the playoffs um if they make it 
So Abreu needs to figure out how to stay warm or something. Hopefully they play like the Angels or something so they can get some road games over there. But I don't know. I just – something feels a little different than normal just because it seems like his body language is – he doesn't look like he's having as much fun. Maybe it's because Eloy's not there. Um, I know that guy puts a smile on my face just by thinking about him. But totally. Jose Abreu, I yeah. believe in him. I'll never stop. Here's the thing. I'll never stop believing in Jose Abreu. 35, yeah, I don't buy any of that crap. Josh Donaldson's 36, I think. And he's he's still sick. So Jose Abreu, I, I hate this segment because I don't like crapping on players, especially ones that have like done good stuff. But some of them deserve to be crapped on Jose's that this week. He was not good. Not good. Definitely a dud this week. Hopefully he turns it around this week. I'm going to go with uh, A.J. Pollock again for the second straight week. A.J. Pollock, uh, three for 17, only batting 176 with four strikeouts. A.J. has had some of the worst at-bats I've seen this season. Um, That strikeout yesterday against the Yankees, a terrible, terrible tough swing. I had it in our Put On Your Socks video this morning. Uh, A.J. Pollock looks absolutely lost out there sometimes. And then there's times where I think he's ready to fire on all cylinders. I know the reason we signed A.J. Pollock is because he is a seasoned player. He's won, I believe, two World Series now, right, Vinny? Uh, or at least one. Uh, he, he just has the one. He's got the one. Okay. Well, either way, this is a guy that's been in the playoffs. He's he's a guy that's great in September. He's great in October. That's why they got him. But right now, he's just not there. So I don't know. I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know if they need to move him around the lineup. Give him some more confidence. But AJ Pollock, you are my Adam Dud of the week. And you know we're gonna dive into the next segmented portion of the show just in a second, which we're gonna talk about the opposite of a dud. But before we do, I wanted to give a second to Missy to talk a little bit about <laughs> about Southside behavior. I'm gonna actually pull up the TikTok, and uh, I figured yeah, no. that would be a nice little segue in the middle of the show to just talk about some fun stuff going on yeah for take sure it, take, oh you can see i promoted the pro- the podcast the first video um I did, I did but yeah blowing that up <laughs> i was I, you should you should hear my roommates they'll hear me in here like recording on my own and i'll be like was that good enough no and they're always like laughing outside my door they're like just post it um <laughs> But yeah, so I did that like five minutes before I hopped on here. Um, yeah, so this is Southside Behavior. It's our TikTok account. Um, we're kind of just a, uh, it, it kind of stemmed from, uh, I have a main TikTok account, just Missy Carol or Missy.Carol. If you look it up, um, blew up on there a while ago. Uh, I started posting me and my friends going to Sox games and people were, my favorite quote was someone commented, why are you all, or like, you guys are all doing this on a Tuesday night. And I'm like, hell yeah, we are like, this, this is, this is White Sox baseball, baby. And, um, so people thought it was really fun. It was, um, they're really curious because they, I guess not a lot of people in baseball celebrate the way we do, I guess. And, um, so I had the idea last summer, let's start, uh, what if I actually just started an account and started to just make a, like a small brand, just promoting camaraderie amongst White Sox fans, the Southside Chicago in general. Um, I'm very, <laughs> there's shotgun of beers, a shotgunning. I'm shotgun queen on the Missy Carroll account. So I had to drag that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
And then uh, just a lot of all my friends helped me out. All Everyone who likes to go to the games with us, who tailgates with us. Um, we have a whole big group chat. So it's me running everything um, by myself. So it gets a little hectic sometimes. But basically, it's just to, just to promote just like how fun the White Sox fan base is. Highlight, I, I would love to, um, once I get back in Chicago and start going to games, I want to start like interviewing fans at games more, just talking to different types of people at um, the tailgates and stuff and just uh, kind of promoting like um, just just the fan base in general. There's a, uh, a problem with the MLB uh, keeping uh, younger fans, fans and uh, just in general in the fan base. Uh, and so I took a course this semester talking all about how to reimagine, uh, fandom sports fandom in general. And I took on the white Sox as my project and that's how I started Southside behavior. And I just, um, studied a lot about, um, just like marketing, how like brainstorming ideas on how to grow the MLB fan base. And I thought a very good start would be to promote the White Sox fan base. Um, because as if you start, if you scroll through some like comments every so often on my videos, I'll get people being like, you make me want to go to a White Sox game now, or like, you know, like I'm, I don't even like baseball and I want to go to a game and stuff like that. Yeah. See, right there. Yeah. Mike, go to a Sox I game just to Sox post game. up at the tailgate. With you. <laughs> I just do do it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, like, see, people will be like, let's go to a game. I want to, like, I got, I've gotten emails um, of <laughs> people asking when, where I tailgate and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, anything to get people more into baseball, even if you become a casual fan or even um, just anything to get people to realize how, how I love baseball. I've, it's been a big part yeah. of my life. And um, just turning more people into – showing them what I see in baseball, how it's fun, how it's, um, it's such a great thing for me and my friends to all rally around something that we love together. And, uh, I feel like a lot of people don't see that. So that's kind of why I started Southside Behavior. Um, we're planning on going to a lot of games. Um, if you ever see us, let us know. I get recognized a lot down here from, uh, <laughs> Southside Behavior right now. And yeah. I, I always tell them, I'm like, find me at a Sox game. If you want to go to a Sox game, I'll see you there. Like that, that's when we can talk. And so, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll, and we'll yeah. let you do another plug at the end of the show, but I just wanted yeah, to sure. like the, in the middle of the show, talk a little bit about it. And, you know, yeah. while we have you talking, I'll have you set up our next segment. What was Hawk's famous call when someone hit a home run? What, what, what did he say? Wait, what? Hawk Harrelson, what was Hawk's famous call when someone hits a home run? What was his catchphrase? Put it on the board. <laughs> that's right. And that's what this segment's called. It is oh, our put it on the board oh. segment. So let's dive right in. Way back. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Joe, you had there to you have go. pulled that. You had to have pulled that sound from a game from a very long time ago, though. 
Because I, I've, I, I always meant to I say did. this to you because we always get right into the conversation after you throw that little graphic up. But you hear DJ say, yes, Steve Stone has replaced DJ for like 10 years now. That's an old clip, whatever that home <laughs> run is from. I, I, I just love the call there specifically. So I, I, yeah. I listened. Literally, when I was putting this together, I literally pulled like – probably like 800 home runs and i listened to all of the calls <laughs> and that's the one i went with so <laughs> little, little bit a little bit of a background for the for everyone out there but uh the put it on the board segment missy is the exact opposite yes. of the one that we just did it's the players yeah. that knocked it out of the park this week literally all right i follow i follow <laughs> and uh there's been quite a few players that have done really really yeah. well this week across the board um i'll let you lead things off again since you are our guest who are oh you going to pick for your put it on the board player this week? Just someone that made you happy. Don't even don't even worry about stats. I love Gavin Sheets. I'm a big Sheets fan, and uh, I think if, if we're even going back to like uh, when was his first? It was wasn't the Guardians actually? Wasn't it way? There you go. I got a stat line for you right there. Yeah, I think he started. Uh, wasn't it the Guardians? Was his first one right? His first home run. Um, I believe so. Week? Yeah. When that happened, I remember, I think, I think I got up for one second and he hit it and I was like, that's my, I always had faith in him. I've always had faith in sheets. Uh, I don't know what it is about him. He just gives me, he just gives me, the, I don't know. I like rooting for the underdog of the, of the lineup. I think that's my thing. So when people are like, oh, he's been, uh, he hasn't been hitting lately, especially sheets. We were going down that train where we're like, what does Gavin sheets even do in this lineup? Um, I was like, guys, one day he's going to, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I'm so happy. And that day came, day came last week. Yeah. Um, two home runs last week. And, uh, I, I just couldn't be happier. I'm a big sheets fan. I couldn't even tell you really why. I just think the guys, I love him. I think he's fun. Well, I will tell you that Vinny and I had the pleasure of interviewing him in the off season on the show. Uh, Gavin (laughs) is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Vinny, you can vouch for this. He gave us what forty minutes, maybe a half hour. Every, every home run Gavin Cheats has hit this season, I tweeted the picture of it with the caption that Gavin Cheats is my best friend. And I, yeah, he, he just is. I I love that guy. He's a friend of the program, and I love seeing him succeed. I was gonna pick him if you didn't, just because, like I said, if I'm gonna, if there are three or four guys who had outstanding weeks. I'm taking Gavin Cheats as the tiebreaker just simply because he's my friend. So I'll pick somebody else, but I'll let you finish. But yeah, we love Gavin Cheats. Oh, I'm I I knew he was like a good guy. Maybe that's the other thing is I could tell like he just looks like such a good guy. I'm a big I'm a big fan of personality too. It's not all about the stats, okay? Um, no, I just I just like when guys on the team have really good vibes, and I I always thought Gavin Cheats looked like that type of guy that was just really nice for the clubhouse and um i was just really excited when he finally got a home run i was just, it was a long time coming it felt like for me oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah awesome. gavin, gavin is the man so I'm shout out to jealous. Gavin Sheets. yeah i'm gonna say shout out i'm very jealous <laughs> he sucks at right field though and i would tell him that straight to his face <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, I for, I forgot it was that same it was that same game because it kind of almost went over my head when he had that error and then he made up for it right away. I think in his head he was like, "It's time. I can't. I kind of yeah. 
I, he I was fired up fired. after that home run. He was, yeah. he was pretty lit up. Oh, he was. I want to stay oh. here. If I'm I pretty sure I made a TikTok up for him. I actually think I, I have the video of the home run yeah. from last week. So let's just watch it because it's great. Yeah. Here we go. And Gavin hits a bullet to right field. This is gone. An absolute missile from Gavin Sheets. The wind was no match. And it's 4-1. to one. Pitching coach comes out and you're looking for something in the strike zone. And... That's the way the ball gets out in right field. Uh, you love yeah. to see it. You love to see it. So, yeah, Gavin had a great week. So, great, great choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will defer now to Vinny for his pick for put it on the board player. I know it's going to be Gavin Sheets, but we'll go with his, his, his 1B choice. Yeah. So, I'm actually – you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, this might be the first and last time he gets featured, at least by me on this. I'm going to give it to Dallas Keuchel because Dallas Keuchel, he went out there on Saturday night. I was there, and I saw it firsthand. He was really good. It was his first really good game in almost two years because some people were saying stuff, oh, he was so good against Bob. He gave up eight hits. Okay, you don't give up eight hits and come unscathed as oft, very often. And I, I yeah. think it was a little bit of an overrated good performance by Dallas Keuchel. Now, the results were there. They won. You know, they completed the sweep of the Boston Red Sox on Mother's Day. Shout out, Mom. Um, I just, I really enjoyed seeing him succeed like that. The only thing that bugged me was coming out and saying that he was mad he didn't get to go in the sixth. Dude, you're Cy Young in 2000 and. 16 doesn't earn you the sixth inning in 2022 okay like we get it you won the Cy Young you won the World Series you were great you've earned the right to have respect for your major league career and all that stuff it's all true but I'm happy they took him out after the fifth because every sixth inning has been a disaster for him including the Boston game he would have had a slash line of zero earned runs had they taken him out out of the fifth in that game so uh, Dallas Keuchel Gold star to you, my man. You did well. I'm, I'm happy to see it. Hopefully, Johnny Cueto doesn't fully take your job because he might. Especially after tonight, yeah. Cueto yeah. looking good. Um. All right, I'll toss it to our buddy Gonzo for next. But, of course, Keuchel, I agree with you, Vinny. I think that's probably the only time he'll make this because he's been a dud every single week the rest of the season so far. So uh, <laughs> I guess we'll take the moment to put him in the to, – to, to put it on the board player. But Gonzo – who lit up the, the the scoreboard for you this week, my friend? Uh, for me, it's my boy Lou Bob, as Joe as Joe likes to say. Um, he bet like four hundred on the week and uh, continued his hitting streak. As was a thirteen, I think Benny is a thirteen game hitting streak. Was it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and plus that clutch hit versus um, our oldest chairman um, in the game on Saturday to drive Timmy home. Uh, situation that's what big boys do and uh the odds for 2022 mvp is looking better by the day i'd like to say but uh hopefully he keeps it up and um keeps this offense um going so yeah my mvp choice for last season but he got injured so but it's that's very, the first very time strong. i attended a walk-off too if you guys never been to a game where there's a walk-off 
I'm not going to say I highly recommend it because you don't get to choose. Yeah. But I highly no, recommend it. Shut <laughs> yeah, 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 I highly recommend it, dude. <laughs> yeah. And we have a oh, good. we have a clip of that um, in game clip of that um, that was shared to us. We have to attach that somewhere in there of the the walk off by uh, Bragg's sent it to us. Uh yes, I I I have a the video the highlight video as well, um, but I have to go yeah. find it. Um, I, I was just saying that our um, actual game and in, in person. Oh, clip in stadium from Bragg's. Yeah. In yeah. Stadium clip was uh, impressive, and I'm glad that. You got that shared. It's so weird how good at that he is. Like he's he's brags in the stands for a reason. I was in the stands and I could never do do anything like that. I thought it was the best put on your socks of the season from me. That's the best. Oh, I was able there's to no, there's there. no doubt. You were you were hammered, Vinny, weren't you? <laughs> no, I actually really wasn't. I was just I was high on Luis Robert and Tim Anderson heroics. And Dude, Dallas Keuchel doing well. Guys, I've always kind of had like a love for Dallas Keuchel. I hate that he sucks now. Like in 2017, when somebody, when they were with the Astros and they were like, what do, how do you feel? Or it was 2018. How do you feel about the World Series hangover? He goes, we're not the Cubs. Oh my God. That just made me so happy. Like I want Dallas Keuchel to succeed so bad. He's kind of an a-hole. He reminds me of how I would be if I was a major league pitcher. <laughs> like I, I just want him to succeed so bad. So that game as a whole is a reason why it seemed like I was hammered off my ass when I made that video. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I'm going to stall for like 10 seconds because I'm uploading that, what, the put on your socks, just so we can see that <laughs> clip because it's absolutely fantastic. I watched it and I was in bed and uh, my kid had just fallen asleep and I was like looking at the video on my phone. I'm just cackling. I'm like, oh, Vinny, dude, that's fantastic. So uh, I think thing, I stalled. The great thing about oh, this bit, so the great thing about this clip is like this is like the first time I actually show emotion that you'll see from me. But then you just have Vinny obliterated right after me. I'm like, shit, like, I can't compete with that that emotion right now. I need to start a TikTok and start acting like that. I'll probably, oh, you'll blow I'll, up. I'll probably go nowhere with it, but <laughs> you'll be surprised. You'll right. be surprised. But without further ado, let's take a look at this. I haven't made my pick yet, but I don't even care because I really want to watch this video. So here's the put on your socks from the walk off the other day. Uh, just be entertained by Vinny because it's fantastic. Here we go. Good morning. It's time to put on your socks. Yesterday, the Chicago White Sox had a walk-off win over the New York Yankees at Guaranteed Ray Field. It was one of the most electric games of the entire season. Dallas Keuchel had the best performance that he's had in almost three years. Now, it's time to take the series split tomorrow when the New York Yankees are right back here to try and salvage the series. It's going to be a great time. This place is the best to be over the summer. You're not going to want to miss it. Luis Robert, you get the gold star, my man. You're the best player on this team, and we love you. And as always, let's go, Sox! Yo, what up, White Sox fans? Put on your socks as the Sox last night got one from the Yankees, finally. And let's take a look back at the pitching side of it. Um, Dallas Keuchel had a masterful, masterful performance. You know, uh, Graveman came in and pitched two innings on 18 pitches. Solid work from him. 
and Tony put Liam Hendricks out there for five outs and got the win at the end of the day. On the offensive side of it, Mancada with a big boom and a walk-off by Luis Robert. Unbelievable job. And today, the Sox are going to send out Michael Kopech versus Cortez. Lou Bub's going to continue the hitting streak today. Boys, let's get it done. Vinny, let me just tell you, that was that, that's always fantastic. Um, I'm, a, I'm a clown. I don't know what to tell you. Dude, no, you're not a clown. That was the that was fantastic. Um, it was electrifying. Electrifying. It was electrifying. And speaking of electrifying, for my pick for the put it on the board player of the week, I'm going to go with none other than Tim Anderson. Uh, this is the guy that I like to call the straw that stirs the drink here for the White Sox. When he gets on base, the team generally wins. 364 this week, stolen bag, three runs scored, two ribbies. I mean, Timmy's just getting it done. I believe he leads the league in batting average, if I'm not. He, at least he did a couple days ago. He's got to be I close. you are correct. He has a bunch of hits tonight, too. I believe you're correct. I'll check for you. Thank you. So, Tim Anderson, easy choice here. Uh, TA has just been firing on all cylinders, and I think that's how this White Sox team continues, you know, I think the recipe for success is to continue that. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, but Gonzo, this next segment is yours. Uh, the last, well, the whole chunk of the season, I've been preparing a video that you've sent me. I'm not going to lie. It's totally weird having you here to actually do the segment. So uh, I guess we'll just play, cue up the segment. Why don't you tell us what the segment is called? Segment is White Sox Weekly. That's right. We're going to go over the week ahead for the White Sox, and Gonzo likes to call it White Sox Weekly. Here's the intro video. All right, Gonzo, why don't you take things away and talk about the week that's coming up for the White Sox? You know, Joe, what's great about me coming back is we'll get to work on our transitioning because um, it took me a second to remember that this was White Sox Weekly and not put on your side. So That's all right. I, I, uh, I was ready in case you, you fumbled it. I, it's fine. It was good. Yeah. Good job. We got four games in the series um, to begin off the week, uh, Monday through Wednesday at Kauffman Stadium. We have one game tonight as we talk with Cueto and Brad Keller. Keller actually had a pretty solid performance versus us, surprisingly, last time uh, earlier on in the year. And as we've seen, um, he got beat up a little bit tonight, and Johnny Cueto has been off to a hot start. And we have an update, Joe, on Cueto while i uh about to transition. On to, he capped uh, off the sixth inning, and then Matt Foster got them out of the seventh. Awesome. So, so far. Yeah, so Cueto's so final, final stat line for you, Gonzo. He went six innings, two hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts with zero earned runs. God damn. How many pitches? <laughs> uh, 81. That's masterful. And you said it was six innings? He probably could have went seven, but the sixth inning had a little traffic on the base paths. So they went to Matt Foster. And that was his second time through the lineup then? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
as soon as you get some traffic on the base pass here, second time through, you're probably not going to go a third way through. So good job for uh, Tony getting Foster in there. Um, hopefully the boys can um, finish this game strong and uh, go to our doubleheader tomorrow. And yeah. usually I'm really good with these matchups or at least predicting them when they're kind of uh, sketched before the week starts. So we'll see how uh, – I know there hasn't been anything confirmed, but I'm going to take a guess here with these doubleheaders tomorrow that you're going to see um, Dylan Cease. Um, well, Cease is confirmed for the first game. Right, right. He's confirmed for the first game. As you can tell, their uh, Royals haven't released anything. Um yeah, game two, hopefully we're going to see Gilito. Hopefully he comes back from his stint. Um, I think you're going to see Granke in one of those two games. Um, yeah, you should see him in, at least right now, we'll probably, probably see him on Wednesday. But, you know, it depends what they do tomorrow. Yeah. So I've seen a couple of things out there. Um, if Granke's not tomorrow, it'll be Wednesday. Um, you see ben, Vince Velasquez going Wednesday, um, and then should be Dallas Keuchel um, on that fourth game. So, depending on how you know Gilito goes or not tomorrow, you'll see Vince Velasquez in there, and then Keuchel on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, Carlos Hernandez is that last uh, pitcher that the Royals are going to toss out at us. Um, so that's the four games in three days. Monday through Wednesday. Then we have an off day before we head off to uh, the new Yankee Stadium. We got three. We games actually, Friday. we actually do not. We do not have an off day, Gonzo. Oh no, we don't have an off. Shit, I thought the doubleheader. All right, that's true. All right, we don't have an off day. Sorry, guys, but we do go to New York on Friday. Um, Friday through Sunday, three game stretch. You'll likely see a. Um, Recap of the Sunday game on Friday of Kopech versus Cortez. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully we go into that matchup uh, with some hot bats versus Cortez. And now Vinny did bring up the umpiring. Um, I will admit um, that was pretty bad on Sunday. Right after um, Kopech lost his command the second, you saw Cortez on the top of the third get a lot of pitches that were off the plate called in his favor that really kept him in a groove. Um, and to go along with the officiating, it is, it's a new era for umpires. A lot of the guys have retired, so you're going to see a lot of guys at the pro level in their groove. And it's going to be it's going to be tough for a couple of years until that gets honed down. Their craft gets honed down. Um, but anyways, back to the weekend series. Um, like I said. Kopech versus Cortez likely. Saturday is shaping up to be probably, I had to guess, Giolito and Severino. Um, and then after that, it'll probably be Cease versus Telion on the Yankees. There you go, man. Interesting week. I know we, I know none of us want to talk about it, but we have to go back and play the Yankees on their home turf now. I know no one's really looking forward to it. Um, Missy, you had some interesting reactions on TikTok to the Yankees series and the sorrows that you had to drown in alcohol. But uh, what are you looking forward to or hating or looking least forward to against the Yankees again this weekend? Um, 
You know, from from a personal standpoint, running everything on Southside Behavior, trash talking. I fight for my life a little bit against Yankees fans um, on there. But honestly, as far as like the team wise, I, I will, I, I'm ride or die. So, um, no, I, I kind of have a very weird inkling that we're going to be prepared this next time that comes around. Do I think we're um, overly, I think it will just be better. I, I think it will be better. I'm not overly confident that things will be, um, that we are at our best right now. But um, eh, the only thing uh, about the Yankees coming up this week is uh, with every matchup, I have to think about the fans, the opposing fans that flood the comments and how I have to uh, fight for the White Sox fans' lives in the comment section. gets brutal. It gets very brutal. Yankee fans fans can be brutal. I I dealt with some trolls this week too on our put on your socks videos and, and I even flat out said, I said, yo, props to the Yankees, man. You guys are just yeah. you know, knocking us around and you're doing really well. And, and the guy like still continued to like shit talk me. And I'm like, dude, I just propped your team. Like Exactly. I could be I, I could be so nice. And they, they still come after you, man. I, I always I always give it up. I'm like, when we get outplayed, I'm like, we got outplayed. That's as simple as that. Like nothing nothing I could nothing I could personally do about it. It's just it sucks. Yeah. Good game. You know, see you next time. But um, uh, it's mostly it's. I will say there's some Yankee fans. My favorite Yankee fan on there uh, always puts. I'm a Yankee fan in parentheses. Sorry about that. Like they apologize that they're even Yankees fans. <laughs> and but they they've been brutal. I'm not excited for that series in terms of logistically what I'm gonna have to deal with. But uh, I'll do it. I mean. Vinny, you're muted. You're muted, Vinny. I deal with the same thing. It's the, the worst. The New Jersey Devils fans, 90% of them are Yankee fans. Oh, so when the White Sox play the Yankees, I actually hate it because half yeah. of my Twitter following is devil are people who follow me for the Devils, and the yeah. other half are people that follow me for the White Sox. So when yeah. those two teams cross up against each other, and then I deal with it when the Devils play the Blackhawks. The White Sox oh, yeah. fans are mad at me for like not cheering on the Blackhawks. And it's just, yeah. it, it's so funny, the dynamics when the two towns come together. And then I always take yeah. Chicago's side on the pizza argument. You know, Oh, I know. Make fun that's, of them the, on that too. that's the one thing. I Someone was like, how did that L taste? I go, disgusting, kind of like your pizza. And they're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, you just annihilated us. Just get, get it. Take your win and like yeah. roll. Okay, yeah. go to your next series. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the best pizza is actually in New Haven, Connecticut, not Chicago or Illinois, or not Chicago or New York. So <laughs> I don't know what That's that right. one of these days. Like, but it's like I mean, it's underground pizza, like the underground. Is there literally is there, is there is there a bad piece of pizza that exists though? I I, I don't think the answer is yes. No. That's true. That's true. Tomato, tomato, I mean, bread, couple, a little bit of sausage on top. You got cheese. I'll eat it. Yeah, yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat it no matter Chef's what style. kiss. Yeah, I'm, good I'm, stuff. I'm just gonna say that's false. All right, with where my career has taken me this past year on both coasts, <laughs> I've been in Georgia. I've been in San Diego. There's a couple good places out here in San Diego, but overall, it's not impressive. In Georgia, there's nothing good. No good pizza. I think I've, out there. I've gotten that answer. Yeah. For, I've I've said the same thing as you before, Joe. I've said 
Is there such thing as a bad slice of pizza? Like all pizzas good pizza. Eat bad pizza still kind of good. And then people who have been on the West Coast are like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, I forgot I forgot West Coast like what do, what do they have on the West Coast? Just pizza? Like they don't have I don't have anything like any they real have good like seafood, right? Seafood, I guess, yeah. It's not pizza. Well, Fish tacos, right? San Diego yeah. is the Mexican culture, so we got Mexican food and then seafood, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, nothing wrong with that either. But keeping this show chugging along, now we've made it to our pick-to-click portion of the show. Missy will let you join us for all the good fun. Um, so last week's pick-to-click, I'm going to update this to say last week and not this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> last week's picks-to-click, here we go. I went with Tim Anderson. Gonzo went with Luis Robert. Zim mm-hmm. took Yoan Mancata. And Vinny took Yasmani Grandal. Uh, it was between me and Gonzo mm-hmm. with Timmy and Ga- and Luis, but Luis bat 429 this week. So I'm going to go ahead and, and give it to Gonzo for his third win of the year. Um, so Gonzo, with that said, you win, and then you get to pick first in this week's pick to click. Wait, there's, there's a standing. I thought Vinny had three. Do I have two? Or... I believe we both have two. Okay. And the, yeah, but so this would put you to three. This puts you to three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I lost track of our big Joe, you got you got screwed by Louise Robert. I was like, Tim Anderson's <laughs> stats are unreal. <laughs> yeah. But, I right, know. Uh, that was a close one, but I'm uh, glad for the victory. And Lou Bob had a really outstanding week. Uh, I'm just glad they began that hitting streak off uh, yesterday. Otherwise, that my put on the or my put your socks on would have been wrong. But you know, glad Lou Bob got after it yesterday. And um, this week, I think I'm gonna go with Dylan Cease with potential two starts this week. Um, oh. I think he's gonna have an outstanding performance in Kansas City tomorrow, and then he should have a. Uh, game on the back end versus the Yankees. I know they got some barrels on him. They had a couple barrels, but he was pretty good in that performance versus the Yankees. I like to see what you can do around two with a little confidence and a little bit more focus. If he's a little bit more efficient on his control on some of those pitches, at least more focus on the counts because some of those uh, two, two fastballs that he let over the plate, judge cranked. And I think now he knows how to deal with them a little bit so he can um, try to be more efficient with his, uh, counts and uh you know not give up so many barrels like he did this last time and uh i'd like to see him um get a victory pull one for us so we can actually see what he can do versus the uh quality teams of the al i like it i like it all mm-hmm. right so dylan sees with gonzo i'm gonna give myself second place and second pick and if it ain't broke don't fix it i'm gonna go with my same pick as last week i'm gonna ride with tim anderson <laughs> Uh, because one of these days he's going to lead the team in all statistics, and maybe it's this week. So, Timmy, keep it going, and hopefully that means we have a five-game win streak against the Royals. So I'm going to ride with Tim Anderson. Um, so then it was between Vinny. Uh, no, Vinny, I'll let you go next. Who are you going to pick? I'm taking you on, Mancata. I Zim think – not to call you off, Vinny. I just wanted no, to, I was okay. curious if uh, Zim got a uh, pick in the He did. He did. He he, okay. he texted me. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I'm going to take Yoan Moncada. I went back and forth with Tim Anderson and Luis Robert. Obviously, Joe took TA um, because I don't think I've ever seen a player have that good of stats and not even come close to winning a pick-to-click. Like, Luis Robert was just so good last week. But at the same time, I have, like, a little bit of a feeling about Yoan. I don't know what it is. I, he's got off to a pretty good start. Uh, the the power's been there for the most part, which is something that's been a criticism of his over the last two years or so. Um, if he could keep the on-base percentage up and get the power going just a little bit more than we've seen in the last couple of years, I think he could be a very, very, very good player in this league and even be like one of those like impact type players. And I hope to see a big week from him. It's his first full week, so let's go. There you go. First big big time week out of Mankata. I, I like the optimism there, Vinny. I will let our guest, Missy, make a pick. You know, you, it could be someone that's already been picked. It doesn't have to be yeah. anyone – so I was gonna hundred percent sorry, I was gonna say Mancada too, because I, I just have the same feeling as you, Vinny. I just feel like he can't he's back and he has a lot of power and I it's it's kind of a feeling for me, like just his energy that I've been seeing him uh bring to his, his at bats and I'm I don't I don't know, just like seeing him come back just gives <laughs> it just gives me a lot of uh it makes me really happy seeing him back with us. So um, and just seeing what he's been putting out so far. Um, I know he's had a couple, he's making some errors here and there and stuff, but I, I don't think I'm not too worried about all of that, but um, yeah, I'm going to, I, if I can choose the same one as someone else, I would say Mankata. That was what I was going to say. All right. I like it. Yoan Mankata mm-hmm. getting a lot of love. We'll see. Hopefully he can live up to the expectations. That's what it's all about. And, and Zim had texted me his top three options before the show started for his pick. And he's going to, well, of course, his first pick was Cease. He didn't get Cease. The second pick was TA. He didn't get that. But he did get his third pick, which was Kendall Graveman, which I think is a great, oh, yeah. great pick because he was great out of the pen this week. So just mm-hmm. quick recap for everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just see Vinny's face, and I, I remember how uh, this show is such Zim, a jinx. Zim was on you last week about picking Grandal, so I would love for you to rip him apart for picking a reliever. I think we're laughing for different reasons. <laughs> Graveman just gave up like a bomb to Mary. I was just a, the I, wall. I, I was waiting. It's just like the, the ultimate timing couldn't jinx. have been any better. I swear, <laughs> the ultimate jinx. I swear to God that Lopez, Nikki Lopez, is out at home though. But I don't. No, he's not. Never mind. I was just about to say that. I heard you say Graven. I look over. I'm like, I don't know if that. <laughs> well, I mean, you could blame Zim. you could blame that one on Zim. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrible timing. Damn you, Zim. It's all your fault. Um, but all right, towards the t- we're getting towards the back end of the show. We're at the hour and a half mark, basically. Uh, the, the last big segment before the, the fun stuff we do at the end is our guaranteed take, which is our hot topic conversation of the week that could be open up some hot debates. So without further ado, we're going to dive into this week's guaranteed take. Yes, this week's guaranteed take. It's gonna 
tug on our heartstrings a little bit. I haven't told anyone about this except for Gonzo. Um, Royals that's, that's that's Jose Abreu right there. And this week is a conversation that I think a lot of people don't want to have, but I'm going to be that guy to start it. So the guaranteed take for this week, is this Jose Abreu's last ride into the sunset, passing off the reins to Andrew Vaughn at 35 years old and not doing what people expect of him? Is this Jose's Jose Abreu's last season with the Chicago White Sox? I see the look on Vinny's face, but I'm going to pass it to Missy first because I got to get your take on this one. Hmm. Honestly, I, I am a big Abreu. I mean, I kind of like who isn't, who isn't like, hasn't been a big Abreu fan since he's been here. And I, I personally hope he doesn't. This is not at all. I just think um, kind of the performance we've been seeing from him lately I just I I feel like there's something up. I don't I don't know who brought it up earlier. Just saying like seeing him at the plate, just something seems off. I just think something's off with him. I don't think I don't think we saw you know the last of Abreu. I think that there's more to him, and there's more that he's gonna give to this team. But I just I just have like just this inkling that something's off with him. So. Whether you said, um, I don't know who else said it, but like Eloy, like Eloy not being there, like he, he like, um, you know, always makes him happy. And I just, I guess it's, it's tugging at the heartstrings right now, like you said, because like, I just don't want to believe that this is it for him. I feel like he's got more in yeah. him going. Yeah, I think, I think Sox fans across the board are in love with Jose Abreu. There's no yeah. doubt about it. He'd probably end his career as, one of the best first basemen in White Sox history next to Frank Thomas. Vinny Parisi, is this Abreu's last ride into the sunset? Um, I don't believe so. Um, if it's not with the White Sox, he will play again, like longer in Major League Baseball. I don't think he will like be retired after this season uh, by any means. But um, if they move on from Abreu, it's because they believe in Vaughn and they have Sheets and Berger. They have a lot of guys who – and Grandal, to be frank. They have a lot of guys who should probably be playing first base instead of, you know, their positions that they're playing now. Like I saw Beef Loaf tweeted earlier today. The only thing worse than Vaughn batting ninth is him playing left field at Kauffman Stadium, which is like the hardest left field to play <laughs> in Major League Baseball. And Vaughn not being a very good left fielder is the reason this game is now tied because I feel like he should have probably caught that ball – at the wall off of the bat of Whit Merrifield. But, you know, if he moves over to first base, I think it probably makes the team better in general. But I'm not certain we've seen the last of Abreu's elite bat. So if we get to the end of this year and he's still batting 199 with an OPS under 700 and, you know, then it'll be like, okay, this is not good. He's certainly not going to get any better in his mid-30s. But if he comes back to the Abreu that we've seen the last couple summers, then no, I'm not sure – I'm not sure that not giving him at least another year or two is the best idea. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to go with no as of right now, though. All right. I love it. Gonzo, what are your thoughts here? So I believe Jose will come up to par here with his normal um, splurges during the summer. However, I asked this question 
because I do believe it will be so. Um, it's not a bad time to start thinking about what is to come. Um, he is getting up to the upper 30s. Um, he's going to be asking for quite a deal still um, at first base with his power. With the Timmy extension coming up and some pitchers getting extensions and the core just eating up more money. I think it's a viable uh, outcome that we're going to have to come to realization. Uh, we saw Paulie hand it down to Jose, and now we're going to see Jose hand it down to Andrew Vaughn. Um, but yes, I believe this will be it for Jose. Wow. As sad as that is to say. Yeah, to, to, to piggy off Gonzo, I mean, I, I do think – it's. I'm kind of in agreement. I'm kind of not. I, I think it's the last we're going to see as of Jose Abreu as the White Sox first baseman. Uh, I do think if he comes back, I think next year he'll be a DH, and I think they'll let Vaughn play at first base, um, or at least they'll do. You know, he'll be the guy that fills in on off days and DHs most of the time. Uh, I don't think he's going to leave the White Sox. I think this clubhouse relies too much on him and the chemistry especially with guys like Eloy and Robert. And, you know, next year we'll probably have Cespedes, you know, all these guys. Uh, I think he's going to be a clubhouse leader. It's going to be a big name that's going to be worth paying the money to have him there, even if it's just in a DH role. Um, so that's kind of what I think, guys. Uh, have you noticed that different- a lot of the best Abreu clips that you show are like with the empty stands? Just meaning, I'm not saying that's a reason that Abreu, I'm saying that that 60-game stretch that he had in 2020 might be the best 60-game stretch that any White Sox hitter ever had. I true, I'm talking Frank Thomas, I'm talking Paul Konerko, I'm talking Jermaine Dye, who came in fourth for the American League MVP in 2006. This man in those 60 games was so good that... I'll almost never forget it. Seeing that solo home run against the Reds with the fake fans. That's a weird thing to look at. When Fox put the fake <laughs> yeah. fans in the fans, that was so weird. Looked like they used the fans from MLB the show. That was unreal. But yeah, um, yeah Jose Abreu, love the guy. Yeah, I think we all agree that uh, Jose has been amazing here in Chicago. And there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Uh, <laughs> um, so we got through with all the baseball talk. Um, I, I, I figured we would take it kind of to the nerd side of things and Missy, I don't even know if you're nerdy into like star Wars and stuff like that, but I just wanted to point out that today, <laughs> today is the 20 year anniversary of attack of the clones. So I thought maybe we could go around and kick it around with our favorite star Wars memories or something along the lines of that, uh, just to kind of keep it in tune with, with star Wars. And I know that my buddy Vinny, is a big Star Wars fan. So I think we can start with you, Vincenzo. I think Attack of the Clones is a dog crap movie. It's by far my least favorite Star Wars movie out of all of them. And I still really like enjoy watching it, even though like it's kind of starts with like the most evil character in the history of like cinema or even just books, any type of storytelling, the most evil character is frolicking around in the flowers. Like, I I just can't get down with that part. But, you know, there are certain things in the movie that I think are necessary. Um, That's crazy. How many years did you say? 20? 
20 Attack years the old today. 20 years old? I, that's the first Star Wars I ever saw in theaters. I'm not trying to make anybody feel old, but that is the first Star Wars that I saw in theaters. I'm 27. Um, that's crazy that it's 20 years old. But um, I, you asked what the favorite Star Wars memory was. I think my favorite Star Wars memory was in 2000 and it had to have been 15 when the force awakens came out uh, episode seven, just cause that was my true experience as an adult going to see a star Wars movie in the theaters with a group of people. Um, we didn't like dress up or anything like we're, we're not that nerdy, but no offense to those who do do that stuff. You know, I'm not, against, <laughs> I'm not against going to the movie theater in a robe with a lightsaber. I just don't. Um, it was a lot of fun to go with like six or seven people and see a Star Wars movie on the big screen as an adult. I don't really remember going to the theaters when I was seven and nine when two and three came out. But when seven came out, it was a lot of fun. Whatever you think about the movie, I don't really care. It was just fun going to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. And an honorable mention, the greatest scene in any Star Wars movie is the final scene of Rogue One. And I remember leaving the movie theater with my jaw on the floor. Like, I cannot believe that that just happened. Yeah, for, for any of you Star Wars folks out there, it basically ends with the beginning of A New Hope where Vader just like kills like an entire ship of rebels yeah. with his lightsaber. Uh, it's pretty badass stuff. So excellent stuff there, Miss, Vincenzo. Missy's like, I'm never coming on this show ever again. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm not I'm not into Star Wars. I, I'm... I'm the worst with like it's like series, like movie series. So Marvel, I'm terrible with. I don't know where to begin. Star Wars, I think I watched once in high school. One thing I just watched though, all 12 hours of Lord of the Rings. I got, I mentally prepared and watched all of Lord of the Rings. That's all I can say about, I guess, nerd stuff. But yeah, I'm not the, I'm not a Star Wars person, so I, I don't think I can give any take on that all the way. Pulled up so fast. I love the Lord of the Rings, though. I know this is a Star Wars talk, but if that proves anything about if I'm a nerd or not, I guess I got that. <laughs> That's all right. You can fly your nerd flag for Lord of the Rings. That's fine. I, uh, I, I, it was just kind of like, uh, I bet you won't watch it. And I was like, no, watch me. I'm going to watch all of it, watch all the extended ones. Um, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I see what they're going with there. Um, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a very big action movie person, but uh, yeah, no, I liked. I was a big Lord of the Rings fan. I couldn't stop watching it. I think I wasted like a whole week on it, just watching it every day after after I got home from work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's uh. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't have the Star Wars. The only thing I ever talked about with Star Wars is I watched the first movie, like the the first one that's ever come out. Because I know that it's like out of like order or like the, I don't know. It's just like yeah. out of order kind of thing. And I remember after it, it was like an ex-boyfriend. He goes, so what'd you think? I was like, we spent that whole time just for like something like them to shoot something into like a hole like this size what was, what was that all about and he was like you want to watch one watch the second i was like no i don't want to watch the second i was like what was that whole movie about <laughs> so yeah i never wow. watched star wars after that I, I and and then we broke up at shortly after that maybe in that flight but <laughs> probably probably because of the star wars i bet 
Yeah, big Star Wars nerd. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm all sorry. right. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Awesome. No, it's fine. Gonzo, let me toss it to you. You got a Star Wars memory? Well, to be fair, I didn't watch Lord of the Rings. That's something I never got into. And uh, Alyssa Brighamini also didn't watch Star Wars on the show when she announced it. To oh, hang us. on, hang on, hang on. You could you can say her name again because I I have I have her dressed up from Star Wars Day. Go ahead. And it makes me so mad at how good whoever did her hair did her hair. It is perfect. <laughs> like I swear, whoever did Ray's hair for the movie did Alyssa's before Star Wars Night. I guaranteed Ray Field. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Alyssa Brighamini, friend of the show, by the way. But she's getting back into it, so all is okay on her end. Yeah, she's going to come on one time and be like, guys, guess what I did? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the day. I know it's coming. She's going to watch the whole trilogy, and that's going to be fantastic. Uh, my early right. memories of Star Wars was uh, going to Chuck E. Cheese and playing on some of those uh, games that they had for Star Wars related. Um, I think I really enjoyed, as far as anything related for Star Wars, um, Playing Battlefront on PlayStation Two. I spent so many hours playing that playing that damn game, and um, took so much of my life away. Kind of like Call of Duty, but anything video games related, we'll do that to you. And um, I love I love both Star Wars and Star Trek. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's even like in Phantom the Menace. I think when um, Liam ne- when Liam Nielsen dies to Darth Maul with uh, Qui Gon Jinn. That was Spoiler pretty, alert. Uh, that was upset. Oh yeah, sorry, though, Alyssa. I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even watch well, it. The no. Attack of the Clones came out twenty years ago. Uh, Phantom Menace <laughs> had to have come out twenty, probably twenty-two years ago. Like, probably not many people on spoiler alert that want to be. <laughs> but I got my girlfriend on Mandalorian recently, so that was uh, that was nice. So now that we got that going for ourselves. And I'm um, excited to see Obi Wan uh, Kenobi come out here at the end of May. Yeah, that's right, little Obi Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, well, I was gonna say, uh, ni- 23 years, Vinny Phantom Menace, 23 years ago. Wow, 1999. That's crazy. I do like myself some Jar Jar. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys want to feel old. I was born in 1999. I don't know if that makes anyone. Feel yeah, old. that definitely makes me feel old. I'm sorry. I just had to do it. <laughs> I was I was born in '88, so. Oh. But I'm the oldest one on the show, so. I, I'm still a '90s baby, though. I I pride myself. I just made it. You did. You just made it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I worked hard on it. Thank you. <laughs> I had a feeling. Um, so to, so so to dive into my Star Wars favorite memory, of course, as I pull up the best lightsaber battle in star Wars history from revenge of the Sith uh, was actually going to the midnight opening of revenge of the Sith. And that's back when they actually did midnight shows, none of the seven o'clock showings on the day before. Um, and I, I went with a kid I met in high school and I was a sophomore and I went dressed up. The only thing I ever went dressed up for, but I, there's, there's a plot twist here. I went as a low budget Wookiee. So I had a brown shirt that said low budget Wookiee. I had a crappy Chewbacca mask and I had a Nerf crossbow. <laughs> um, yeah, I love how you're like 
your laughs are like, yeah, that's that's pretty brutal, man. And you're <laughs> you're in line with all the people that were at the theater because no one thought it was funny except for me. Um, well, so I went to that midnight. What's that, Gonzo? I was, gonna, I, was, I was gonna say for me, someone if someone goes to the movie theater with the crossbow, I'd be kind of uh, not a real crossbow. Come on, I'm nerf. <laughs> That could go so many different ways, but yes, that, that's a classic uniform. Yeah, so this is this is my my favorite memory going to see the midnight performance of this. You know, my my dad talking about how we saw Star Wars when I was a kid. Um, definitely huge Star Wars nerd, and Vinny knows that. Um, just had to bring it up for the twenty year anniversary of uh, Attack of the Clones. I mean, I think it's wild. I'm gonna cut away from this scene because I, there's some. Big spoiler stuff that most people probably know already, but just check out you and McGregor. He'll be back in Obi Wan in a couple weeks on Disney Plus. They're not paying and us to sponsor him, this. And you see him in like every commercial ever if you just watch the White Sox one time. Yeah, that what's that? That crypto commercial or no, the no, it's for Travelocity. Or I, I honestly, he's in a crypto commercial too. I think. Yeah, I think it's the one we see during Sox games is for some travel company. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we, we, did a, we did a little lighthearted talk at the end of the show. We've reached the final peak of the episode, which we like to do our little shout outs before we end things. So before I get to the main cast and crew, I do want to thank the amazing Missy Carroll for joining us for the entire show. Uh, it's yeah. been an absolute blast having you on. And before we let you go, we'll, well, we'll let you stick with us until we roll the credits, but We'll, we'll uh, let you give some shout outs here and then we'll let you plug anything that you want to plug before you exit at the end of the show. So take yeah, it away. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Guys. Thank you for having me. I'm super nervous. It's first podcast I've been invited on for one of, for like, you know, this outside behavior stuff. So thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, you can, you can just follow us everywhere on, um, on Twitter. It's at SS behavior uh tiktok and instagram southside behavior that's it um my personal stuff is missy.carol on tiktok and instagram messy carol on uh twitter missy carol was taken um uh yeah i think i think that's about it yeah we're planning on doing a lot of like fun stuff this season um we're trying to go as many games as we can we're going the 25th for a line i night because a lot of us are u alums and then we're also going um, the 26th, the day after, too, because that was just pre-planned. But so we'll be there then. We'll be there throughout the summer. We'll always announce when we're going. We have a big tailgate. So if you see us, say hi, stop by, take a video. Um, I'd love love to post people on TikTok other than myself for once. That'd be really fun. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. So thank you. Awesome. Guys. Well, it's, it's been great hanging out with you for the night. Uh, and we'll definitely, actually, I brought one. I don't know if you got one handy. But oh, yeah. I, no, I do. I, 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 think, do. I think we got to do this for the show. Um, I'm down Regardless of what happens in the game, I think we got to shotgun it. I, I don't have anything uh, yeah. to poke a hole, so I'm just going to chug it. But this, this makes uh, for quality television. I was going to say, yeah, it's a... Uh... Shotgunning is kind of my thing around here. Um, no, you gotta it get just... the sound effect. I'll put it by the microphone. Here you go. Ah. You know what? Someone told me once to do here. I think I have a key or something over here. 
Someone told me I should start doing ASMR, but for beer. They said, like, doing the... I like beer. I'm like, yeah, no, no shot. If I'm running really low on money, I'll go there, but... Some um, people are into some weird shit. I know. I'm like, there could be a market I could tap into there. I just got to do some market research. I see what you did there. You tap into... Here, I got to... Let me grab a key real quick. It's right here. All right, that's awesome. I, how can we let her go without us having shotgun a beer together? I mean, I think that's just necessary. And technically, I'm not beer. shotgunning it. I'm just chugging it, but. Oh, no. Joe, how do you have Did a it? beer and to plan to shotgun it, but don't got anything to shotgun it with? Listen, also, my man. I don't, have to, I don't have to explain myself to you. I think, I think when you have a kid. <laughs> You no longer have to shotgun beers. I, I think Wait, like that, that, I think when you have a kid, you no longer have to shotgun beers. If you want to because you think it's fun, you can. And same thing with taking shots of like Malort or any other disgusting. <laughs> Once you have children, that that like pressure is just off of you. You could do it still if you want. I probably will from time to time, but I will never feel obligated to do any of that crap. Once I have a kid, I'll be like, no, I got to take care of my kid. I just don't want to. <laughs> Missy's just drinking laps around us. She's, she's at U of I. So she's got, yeah, she's got uh, some practice. They literally call it champagne. For a reason. <laughs> I, champagne uh, for colleges. U of I has taught me some, some fun, fun party tricks. I'm like the, uh, I'm like the, like, I always make it a joke. I'm like the circus monkey sometimes because they're like, I'll just do something. I don't know. I'm, I'll be like, oh, let me shotgun a four loco. And everyone's like, do it. Ooh. And then do it every Ooh. time we see you. Yeah, that was, that was a phase I went through last year. Before Sox four games, loco. I used to shotgun Jeez. four loco. I think I would die. That brings me back to like 19, uh, not, not 19, but like 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they banned I, uh, four locos for a while. Yeah, I remember that. I think I think I took years off my life during that phase. And who says it's over? Because it it's probably going to come back again time. this season. It was it was fun. It's it sometimes it's fun when people are like, "Hey, do it!" I'm like, "Yeah, all right." And I was like, "I got it." But shotgunning four locos definitely hey. has taken years off my life. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know it's the top of the it's the top of the ninth. The Sox got a runner on second base with no uh, alive with one out. All right, the game's tied three to three. Top so we're 10. just gonna chug. Is it? Is it? Oh wow! I it is yeah. top, so, of yeah, top of the ninth. Yeah, the ghost runner on second. All right, well, forget me, and I'm not I'm not gonna say anything about the outcome of the game because I screwed it last week. But we will do a cheers in honor of the Sox, hopefully performing well in extra innings. So without further ado. Let's go. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Take this off. She's still going to beat you. She's still going to beat you. <laughs> She's still going to beat you. I know it. I know it. Oh, she oh. didn't beat him but close. She didn't beat him but close. And he had like a 15-second head start. That was magnificent. What a play. What a play. I'll give it to Missy because I I, I did it. I didn't realize you weren't going to start at the same time as me. And- <laughs> You win by I by me by me. Take, I didn't even chug the beer in a long time. I feel like I'm an old man now. The the chug <laughs> the chugs per second favor Missy, and it's not close. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I don't want to make it loud on the headphone. And I took a full 10 seconds. No, you want it to be loud on the headphone. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's that's half the fun. But but like I chugged it super slow because I didn't have the extra giant hole at the bottom of the can. But, you know, it's all fun. It's all fun in games. So if you want to see Missy chug a bunch of beer and uh, have fun at Sox games, follow at SS Behavior on Twitter at Messy Carol. They're also on Instagram. Uh, I'm forgetting other platforms, but I think that's everything. But give them a follow. Always fun stuff. That's kind of how I found Missy to be on the show because (laughs) I was scrolling through TikTok and the algorithm just found me. And I'm like, all right, well, I got to get her on the show. And sure enough, I did. So great stuff tonight, Missy. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys so much Um, for having me. Not a problem. And uh, we'll toss it around for shout outs. Uh, Gonzo, I'll let you go next, my friend. Yeah, I'd like to shout out. Well, first of all, Missy, thanks for coming on to the show. It was nice getting to hear about your platform. And then Vinny, and anybody in the chat here, Blackhawks fans, Vinny wrote a fantastic piece today um, that came out today. Um, stellar piece by Vinny to remind me of how painful it is of how Stan, Stan Bowman actually is. Um, cause I, most of those things I wanted to forget, but Vinny brought it right back to my face and, uh, I couldn't stop, but shed a tear. Um, but also Vinny's Great. always been on it lately with his, um, posts and just overall content and being at Sox games. We love to have our, our brother in the show out there representing. And then Joe, thank you for helping me keep my image on the show from being gone for a month because of my day job, but uh, this guy's been masterful with his edits and uh, and you guys have been, um, you know, being willing to handle me even when I'm giving you guys some nonsense and um, testing you guys. Um, but overall, um, I got to give a shout out to my girlfriend who's always my support and my side. Um, but I think above all, I want to give a shout out um, to something that um, I think is more purposeful in life and that is a shout out to all the victims of the families um from all over the country this past weekend um a lot especially buffalo um amen For i know sure. we i know we brought up i know we brought up tiktok but i couldn't believe that tiktok allowed a mass shooting video on their stream that was heartbreaking for me to watch and a person in my shoes um that was very hard for me to watch um part of the reason why i'm doing what i'm doing and still stuff like that going on around this country and as i talk right now Luis robert hits you run bomb great spark to uh my shout out here but um yes um shout out to those families in the tough times i hope they give all the love that they need right now in hard times that they're going to be facing in grievances um Appreciate that, 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 is, that is my shout outs Great, great sentiment there. Yeah, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with all the victims. Uh, our world needs to be changed for the better. That's one thing for sure. Um, so thank you, Gonzo. Vinny Parisi, I'll toss it to you now for your shout outs, my friend. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off Gonzo just a little bit here. Um, first off, what happened in New York and all across the country with this violence, a lot of it stems from racism and stuff like that. It's just garbage. I hate to see it. I'm, I'm deeply, deeply sorry to any of the families, thoughts and prayers. It seems like just a nice thing to say when stuff like this happens, but I really hope we could do something here to figure this out in the coming years because, you know, we're all going to start having families and stuff. And, you know, 
raising kids in that environment is just not something we all want to deal with. Um, hopefully we're able Amen. to come together as a society over the next couple of years and get this thing straight because I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it, quite frankly. Um, when I hear, you know, you know, the United States of America, it's the best place in the world to live because it's true. But at the same time, there are some serious flaws and both things are allowed to be true. And um, for sure. You know, so I hope everybody find, is able to find some sort of peace and figure this thing out as a nation because we're better than this. And I know we are. Um, I believe that. So uh, always my for shout sure. out. It starts and ends with my girlfriend, Katie. I love her very much, and I'm very happy for everything she brings to me, my life, allowing me to do this show and all my other nonsense. I'm not the easiest person to deal with or live with. I'm always talking into a microphone or screaming about Luis Robert hitting tanks in the 10th inning. I'm a weirdo, guys, okay? And the, the only person who might be weirdo, weirder than me is somebody who like wants to be with me. So shout out you, Katie. We love you very much. And then, of course, I'll shout out all of you guys. Missy, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's yeah. been wonderful. I mean, when two hours are able to fly by um, and it feels like it's been 10 minutes, that's how you know stuff yeah. is fun. And that's a sign of a great yeah. guest and a great show. So thank you very thank much, you. Yeah. Thank you for the nice words. The Blackhawks tough <laughs> you know seeing all these former hawks dominating in the playoffs they traded back in 2017 and dallas took the goalie that made 68 saves yesterday in the playoffs like that's just it's unreal stuff um we got a lot of stuff coming up with the nhl playoffs going up on to windycity.com and pucks and pitchforks just all the different fan-sided sites of course um joe thank you very much for um always editing them you know when i came up with that stupid idea of put on your socks. I bet you, you were a great idea. It. Yeah, it was a great idea, but it's a lot of work. We put a lot of work into it and it's every single day when the white Sox get canceled. I turn on this microphone. I'm like, okay, so the socks got canceled today. And you know, so it's a lot of work and we do a great job with it. And thank you very much for that. You're the greatest MC slash host that uh, anybody could ask for. So it's been a good time. Hey, um, you know, I'll also throw it to anybody who watches, listens, reads any of the stuff that me, Gonzo, Joe, Zim, Missy, any of us put out out there, it's not easy to just throw out your name and attach it to opinions and stuff like that. People hate you for it, even though they like don't know you. Um, chances are you would enjoy going out for a beer with me, even though you think my take on like Andrew Vaughn batting ninth stinks, you know, like it, you know, but you know, I'm excited about what we got coming up. Mike North is going to be our guest on. Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursday. We're still working for That's our guests awesome. on Friday for Bar Down Talking Hockey. I've never met Mike face-to-face. -face. All we've done is exchange a couple hit pieces against one another on our shows, telling me that, you know, he's going to get the bat. and stuff. I love Mike North. I can't wait to meet him. So it's going to be a lot of fun doing that. Um, make sure you're reading the blogs, fansided.com, all the different sites. We're going to torch Tony. We're going to talk hockey. It's good stuff. So thanks, guys. Thank you, Vinny. I appreciate it, man. In terms of my shout-outs, uh, First and foremost, Missy, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. So thank yeah. you. Uh, I'll, of course, I want to thank everybody in the chat room that was here all night. Uh, great stuff. We appreciate you guys for tuning in, no matter what platform you joined us on. Or if you're listening to the podcast version tomorrow, uh, we appreciate you. A uh, huge shout out to my lovely, beautiful wife, Catherine, and our three-month-old daughter, Audrey. I love you both very much. And my two-year-old Great Dane Maverick, who's probably outside of my office door right now, ready for me to take him out. So I love you too, buddy. And then um, I do want to give a massive shout-out as well to all of my co-hosts, Vinny Parisi, 
Love you, brother. Uh, I love all the content you bring every single week. I appreciate it. Uh, Gonzo, love you too, man. Everything you got going on. Of course, he's back here now to hear me gush about him. Gonzo, thank you for everything. And then last but not least, uh, Steven Zim Zimmerman, you couldn't be with us tonight on the show, but I appreciate you, as always, talking White Sox with us. And that's about it. Oh, of course, I do want to talk briefly about what's coming up this week on the Barroom Network. Of course, before us, we had the AA team where they had uh, uh, boxer Brandon Lee on the show. Um, so that was very cool. And, of course, I we had South Burb Sitman on just now. And then tomorrow, we've got Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. And uh, are you guys you you guys are going Wednesday, Vinny, this week or Thursday? But uh, we got bar down on Wednesday talking hockey. Um, we'll go over the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know the wild first round just ended. There's no hockey today. I feel lost and lonely. Um, we'll pick up the second round starting tomorrow. I got the Battle of Alberta. You know Rick from Red Deer's just crapping his pants right now, thinking about Calgary playing Edmonton. That's going to be outstanding. My Leafs were eliminated. I'm going to get torched on Wednesday. I'm just mentally preparing for it. And the New York Rangers have the best goalie on planet Earth. The Battle of Florida, too. You're going to want to tune in to Bardon. We're going to scream at each other. So, And then Mike North on Thursday, talking about baseball. It's going to be fantastic. Great week here on the Barroom Network. Of course, we have draft coverage. We've got the Barfly Tailgate Show, Draft on Tap. Football's coming back. We just had the schedule unveiled. Uh, it's going to be a great season. So make sure you mash that subscribe button for the Barroom Network. You'll get all of our great shows, whether you watch us on YouTube or on Twitter, or you can listen to the podcast version anywhere you can find a podcast if you subscribe to the Barroom Network. Thanks to Aldo Gandia, the man behind the scenes at the Barroom Network, the barkeeper for letting us do what we do every week. And that's all I got, guys. We've reached the final end of the show. This is the real deal, the end of the show. Thanks again to Missy Carroll, our fantastic guest. For the South Burb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi. That's Gonzo, Chris Gonzalez, and Steven Zim Zimmerman. Couldn't be with us tonight, but he's with us in spirit. We'll see you next week. Hopefully the Sox can pull this one off. I'm not going to say anything else about that. And without further ado, let's go, White Sox. Let's get this winner, and it's going to be a great week. See you next time. <laughs>